Good morning. Today's Daphne Babakama is Memoir on Lama Testament Vase. We got towards the bottom of the Amud, but what I'm going to do is take a step backwards. We're going to start with a Brisa, Tanarabanan, right in the middle of the Amud, Lama Testament Vase. And a, uh, we start off this morning with a little bit of a complex Gemara, and that is uh, you have a shore that belongs to a Cherishot of So you have ownership, but it's abstentia ownership. They're not really there. They're there, but they're not there. Uh, mentally, they're not there. They don't have Das. Uh, how do they get it to begin with? So there are so many different ways they can get it. It's unimportant right now. They have it. They own it. They own it, but uh, but they don't have Das. And so therefore, what Basin did is it appointed an apotropis op- to go ahead and serve as a guardian now of their of their estate. Uh, let's deal with the cut. And the cut's easiest to just, you know, think about and, and formulate. So anyway, so you have an apotropis who's responsible now for the, uh, for the, for the estate. And part of the estate are these animals. And these animals do, uh, do damage. And we discussed yesterday in detail now what is exactly the liability, the apotropis. So if you remember, you go back to yesterday's daf. So uh, the um, so there is a distinction to be made between Tom versus Muad. In other words, uh, when the uh, when the animals is a Tom is the apotropis uh, responsible and liable. So we're going to say no. Now, if you go back to yesterday's daf, you'll recall you remember that was a that was a point of controversy. But we're going to say that for the first half, the answer is no. Now, what about the second half? Meaning, what if the animal now graduates to becoming a Muad? And now, what is going to be the responsibility of the apotropis? So there. We are, we are discussing that right now. So in this brisa, so I'm just going to start again from the brisa. It, I, I admit the uh, first part of today's stuff is going to be complicated, but don't worry, the second half is also complicated. So it, 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 you can you can pick either side of the daf today. Either either one of them is going to be complex, but let's start off nice and nice and complicated. So we're on we're on Lama Testament base, and we're halfway down in the Amud, starting with the brisa. Rabbi Yaakov Misham Chati Nezek. And Rabbi Yaakov, my Avidate. So remember yesterday, the way the Brisa makes it sound like it's like Rabbi Yaakov paid Chati Nezek. Now the Gemara says, what do you mean he paid Chati Nezek? He didn't pay Chati Nezek. So Elaim or Rabbi Yaakov, Omer Mishalim Chati Nezek. So quick clarification, and that is that according to Rabbi Yaakov, you're paying Chati Nezek. Not that he paid Chati Nezek. Now the Gemara says, but my skin and the Gemara says, great. I need more details. Without more details, it simply is not going to work out. What exactly are the details? So, now, if we're talking about a Tom, so that's obvious. Now, you go back to yesterday's daf, and you realize it's not so obvious because we're not talking about the Cheres, we're talking about the Apotropos. And it was a point of debate yesterday. But when the Gemara here says Pshita, meaning if, we're, if it's just a straightforward question of Tom, so then it's, it's more obvious. And uh, the, uh, okay, but the Gemara says Pshita. So, Chatzin has a good Mishal. And Ve'iba Muad, and if we're talking about Muad, Ida Abdele Shmira, Klau Klau Lo Bay Shlomei. And Ve'ida La Abdele Shmira, Klau Kulei Nezek Bay Shlomei. Now, if we're talking about a Shur Muad, so it's either you pay or you don't pay. It's all or nothing. Now, when, when would it be, when would it be all? In other words, when you were irresponsible. You, you, the Apotropos, have a, have a requirement of Shmira. The Apotropos is a responsible party, and if he does not take that responsibility seriously, if he becomes irresponsible, so then there's full liability. That's, that's a din by Muad. And if he was responsible, and he, and, and, he, and he fenced it up properly, and it happened to be said that something well beyond his control occurred, so that's what's called Onis, and Onis Rachman Apatre. So it's either going to be all or nothing. There's no, what's this business of Chatsi Nezek? Good. So we set ourselves up again. We did all this yesterday, but as you could see, it's worthwhile repeating. First of all, it's worthwhile repeating. Secondly, it goes well into today's daf. So, Amarava. We are going to have multiple approaches to understand the Shita of Rabbi Yaakov and the Brisa, that when you have the Apotropos of a Cheresh and the animal does damage, 
so entrusted and 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 and, and given guardianship to the apotropos, so he has chazi nezik liability. What's happening? So number one approach number one is provided by Rava. Laola Memuad we're talking excuse me, please forgive me. Where are we up to? Lamites Amid Bays, a little bit more than halfway down the Amud. So Amar Rava Laola Bemuad, so we're talking about an animal which is a Muad Vahakabamaiskin, and what are we talking about? The Abdishmir Pakusavalabdishmir Maula. So it is an animal which is already graduated to becoming a Muad, and what kind of Shmir was done? Shmir Pakusa. Baseline Shmira. Later in the Masechta, not much later, by the way, in the Mems, right in the middle of the Mems, we're going to go over what exactly is Shmir Pchusa, what Shmir Meula. But right now, for our purposes, we could just simply say Shmir Pchusa is baseline Shmira, and Shmir Meula is a is is a more advanced type of Shmira, better Shmira. Okay, so uh, so over here, what did you do? Baseline Shmira, but you didn't do Shmir Meula. And Rav Yaakov Sarvel like Rav Yehuda Damar Tzadamus Medis. And now let's put everything together. And I told you it's going to get complicated. Here, here we are. Number one, Rabbi Yaakov subscribes to the Sheet of Rabbi Huda, which is, is that Tzad Thomas Ben Medis. Again, we explained this yesterday. Let's quickly review. That means to say as follows. When an animal graduates from being a Tom to a Moad, so what does that mean? He goes from half damages to full damages. How do you understand that? Is it basically Panam Chadashu's Balakan? The animal is a totally new entity. That's one possibility. Or the other possibility is no. In other words, he's a Tom plus. That's uh, how we said it yesterday. Good. We say it again the same way today. It's a Tom plus, meaning Tom is already has a chatzinezik liability. What does Muad create? Second half. Oh. So now, if Rabbi Yaakov subscribes to this second school of thought, that is Tom plus, Sad Thomas bim komo omedes. So now what does that mean? So it means as follows. It means that basically what we could do is that we could take the Muad and divide, and divide into two halves. First half, second half. First half, it remained the Tom. Second half, you add in Muad. Now, Now what we're going to add to that is another Shita, and that's a Shita of Rabbi Huda. And, uh, meaning, same Rabbi Huda, but now a totally new Shita, which is, it's not new, but in other words, new to this discussion. And that is, is that when you have, what, what is the amount of Shmir necessary to, to, um, to, to um, release you from any liability? And this is odd, and I know it's odd, but we'll say it, and and uh, if you need to replay it and, and play it again, I understand, because it's odd. And that is for a Tom animal, you need you, you need a Shmira Ma'ula. For a Mu'ad animal, Shmira Pachusa, baseline Shmira for a Mu'ad is sufficient. And I know that's counterintuitive, I'm aware of that. But it doesn't matter. That's the Halacha according to Rabbi Huda. So now, consider the following. And that is, is that what you did is you did Shmira Pachusa, which now is good enough for the Mu'ad, but not good enough for the Tom. And then we're going to add one more point, and that is, is that the Apotropos pays the Chatzinazic payment for Tom. Okay. So, did you get all that? And I, I understand that's a lot. In other words, in order to explain Rabbi Yaakov, we now piled on three shitas, one on top of the other. And also, we had to provide a particular ukimta. Okay. I'll quickly recap. Uh, the, the, our first explanation of Rabbi Yaakov, according to Rav, is the following, and that is, is that number one, how do you view a Muad? A Muad is Tom plus. In other words, it's the first half remains a Tom, and what Muad now introduces is the second half. That's number one. Number two, how much Shmir is necessary in order to pot to you from, from payment? So for a Tom, you need Shmir Mu'ula. For, uh, for, for Muad, you only need Shmir Pchusa. Okay. So now, and he provided Shmir Pchusa. 
which relieves him of payment of that second half. Ah, but it doesn't relieve him of payment of the first half. Why? See above. Because the first half, it's tam bim kamomedis. It's still a tam. And then we're going to attack on the third point, which is, is that he's an apotropis. And yesterday we deliberated whether the apotropis is required to pay the tam payment. We are saying right now that Rabbi Yaakov subscribes to the viewpoint that a apotropis does in fact pay the tam payment. Okay. But he gets reimbursed later. Right, that... We, we, right, we discussed that point yesterday. That's excellent, excellent. But right now we're saying that he is, right now he's the responsible party. Good. So that is all our first approach within Rabbi Yaakov. Continuing in the Gemara. So over here we quote a Brisa. And in this Brisa, so we're reintroduced to the sheet of Rabbi Yaakov, but there's also another Tana who argues, notably Rabbi Yehuda. So in other words, this explanation of Rava ignores the fact that it's a machlokis. So the Gemara says, so how can you how can you do that? How can you ignore that? So I'm a Rabbi Bar-Ula, Rabbi Yehuda, Pirish Rabbi Yaakov. So, and I know there's a lot to follow over here. I know. Rabbi Bar-Ula, in service of Rava, says the following. It's not a machlokis. I know the Brisa says it's a machlokis, but it's not. The way to, the way to touch up the Brisa is that Rabbi Yehuda says you're chayef, but Rabbi Yehuda doesn't explain what you're chayef. And along comes Rabbi Yaakov and says, oh yeah, you're chayev, but you know what you're chayev? Chati nezek. Okay. Now, normally, by the way, like I would say 10 out of 10 times, but that's not true, because <laughs> this is an obviously notable exception. But the vast majority of the times when you're reading a b'risa, and, and the b'risa is structured this way, you're seeing a machlokis. Over here, this is a very novel approach to the b'risa. Nah, it's not a machlokis. Rabbi Yaakov is just simply explaining what Rabbi Yehud is saying. Okay. It is a novel way to explain the b'risa, but in service of Rava, that's what we're going to do. Ulamai damar pligi, but my pligi now Abai disagrees. So now Abai, Abai disagrees in that he thinks there really is a machlokus in the b'risa, and that really is a simple way to read the b'risa. So according to Abai, what is pshat in the machlokus? So I'm lecha hachemam meiskin b'muav alo natriklam. So so the animals are muad. Uh, how much shmir was done? Zero, zero shmir. Rav Yaakov, now, as far as Rav Yaakov is concerned, again, where, where do we want Rav Yaakov to land? On Chatzin Nezek. So remember, now, what's the Ukimta according to Abaye? It, it, the no Shmir was done, and Rav Yaakov subscribes to Rav Yehuda, but doesn't subscribe to Rav Yehuda. That needs clarification. So on one hand, he holds like Rav Yehuda, which is, is that a Muad is a Tom plus the second half. So, in other words, but the tam, the tam remains there. So, uh, now, where Rav Yaakov, how does Rav Yaakov get to Chatzin Nezek? Because, and again, this is now a totally different shot than what we offered previously. So, if, if, if you remember what, you, what we said previously, great. And if you don't remember, it's even better because because now, now we're offering a totally noob shot. So the uh, so now according to uh, according to Abaye, Rabbi Yehuda will say like this. Sorry, Rabbi Yaakov will say like this. Tambim kamalmedes. So again, even though graduated to a muad, the tam is still there. And Rabbi Yaakov also subscribes to the viewpoint that the apotropos doesn't pay for the payment of tam. See yesterday's daf. So oh, what's left? Second half. That's the only thing that's left. That's how Rabbi Yaakov arrives at Chatzin and 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 uh, and obviously, uh, where, where would 
Where would Rabbi Yehuda argue? Rabbi Yehuda would argue that say you have to pay not only second half, but you have to pay first half as well. Good. That is the machlokis uh, according to Abaye. So now Rav Achabar Abaye gets involved and he says, number one, I, I, I love the sound of it according to Abaye. Why? Because the, the simple reading of the brace that's the machlokis. And not only that, but we're masbir the machlokis. Very good. But El lo pligi. So, but according to Rava, I'm going to go now back to the Pshat of Rava. Rava believes there's no machlokis. It's only Rav Yaakov. Rav Yaakov says you have to pay Chatzin Nezik. And how did he get there? I don't want to, I don't want to go over it again. I mean, I do, but not now. So the, uh, so how do we get there? By, by blending together three different shitas. So that is how Rav explained Rav Yaakov. And now all that Rav Ach is wondering is, why did you make it so complicated? Meaning, let's, let's not get the animal to the point of more. Let's keep it a tam. And as we turn now to the top of Memam and Aleph, now, if you're subscribing to Rabbi Yehuda, perfect. In other words, you did Shmir Pchusa, <coughs> but you didn't do Shmir Ma'ula. And again, for Tom, it's insufficient. And therefore, you're going to be Chayev. And according to Rabbi Laza ben Yaakov, you didn't do any Shmir whatsoever. Once again, you're going to be Chayev. Okay, so... Whatever degree of shmira you need to do, you didn't do, and you're going to be chayv. You know why you're going to be chayv? Because you didn't do any shmira or enough shmira for the tam animal. Meaning, why did Rava make it so complicated? You got me to muad, yeah, and then you're chayv chatzinezik. Why you chayv chatzinezik? And you, you had to take the three shitas and blend them together. Keep it simple. Meaning, just leave it at tam, and the explanation is you didn't do enough shmira. And, 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 and if you're bothered by the fact of, wait one second, what's now the Chiddush? Meaning, uh, right, aren't we like, isn't it now obvious? No, the Gemara says, no, it's not obvious because, again, go back to yesterday's stuff. The idea that the Apotropos has to pay Chatzin Ezek on Tom, that was a point of controversy and Rav Yaakov's taking a stand on that issue. So in other words, Rav Acha says, why make it more complicated? Why can't you make it simple? So Amalei, so now this is Ravina talking to Rav Acha. And he says, uh, the, answer is very, the answer is very simple. <laughs> the answer is simple. But uh, the, in other words, the reason why Rava made it complicated is because <laughs> it got to highlight all those shitas. Meaning that what Rava really demonstrated is, is his mastery of how the, all these shitas interplay with one another. In other words, so you have discussions regarding the Apotropos and his liability versus Tom, uh, of Tom. We have also the, the discussion of how is Tom and Muad work one with the other? Is it, is, is, is it a new animal or is it Tom, the Chatzinezek of Tom remain and you're adding a second half? Right? And, the, and, and on top of that, there also the question of Shmir and how much Shmir do you need for Tom versus Muad? Meaning what Rava really is doing is he's really highlighting once you have mastery over these three shitas and you see how they intersect one with the other, so I know my answer is more complicated. I get it. But but what I'm really showing you is, is that you take these three shitas and you can put them together and you can arrive at my conclusion. Okay. Ravina Amar, so we are, but one more round to go. Again, all this started with a brisa that says that Rav Yaakov says the Apotropos responsible for the estate of a cotton, where the uh, cotton's animal now does damage. But again, it's the Apotropos' responsibility, and therefore his liability. And how much liability does he have? Chatzinezek. That's the Brisa. And so far, we have offered a shot by Rava. We've offered a shot by Abaye. 
We're almost done. Ravina. Ravina Amar now. In order to, uh, before we start with Ravina, I already set this up, but just one more point to remind. And that is, is that we also went through a Brisa that brought down a machlokis between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda. Now again, according to Rava, there is no machlokis. But Abai says there's a machlokis. Ravina is also going to insist that there's a machlokis. And, and what's the machlokis? Rishus Mashanika Benayu. Da'ave Mur, Vinispakech, Acherish, Vinistafa, Ashota, Vehikel Akatan, Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Hareu, Becheska Savar, Rabbi Yaakov Savar, Rishus Mashana. Beautiful. And that is, is that we go back to a machlokis, which actually we were introduced to yesterday. We're going to hear a couple of times today. And that is, is that when I sell an animal that was a muad, and now new ownership, right? The, what was the analogy I gave yesterday? Right? The restaurant now is under new ownership. It's going to be, it's going to be totally, it's going to be different, totally different experience, right? Come, come in, you're going to love it. I, I know you didn't like the old restaurant, but new ownership. So, okay. But that's a, that's a marketing strategy. Over here, we're talking now halachically. So halachically, does new ownership get to reset the animal from being a muad back to becoming a tam? It's a machlok, it's a machlok, it's tanayim. And according to Ravina, that gufa is the machlokis between, uh, between, between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda. Meaning the ukimta is, is that the apotropos had the animal. The animal became a muad under the supervision of the apotropos. Now, given back to the principal. How do you give it back to the principal? Doesn't he have das? Doesn't he, doesn't he not have das? And the ukimta is, yeah, but he got his das. That's why by the cotton is, it's easiest because the cotton has a wonderful prognosis, right? The cotton's going to become a gadol. Right, I know we daven that that's going to happen, but right under most circumstances it happens. The cotton becomes a gadol. So now, when the apotropos hands it up, hands it back to the gadol, so that is considered a shina rishos, and does that reset and now make the animal tam gufa? That's the machlokis between Rav Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda. Beautiful. Ten rabbanan apotropos meshamim in aliyavin meshamim kofer. Okay, so more on the apotropos's responsibility and liability. Okay, the apotropos now is in charge of an animal. The animal is now a muad, and the animal does damage. So point number one of the brisa is, okay, Mr. Apotropos, you know what? You're responsible. You know what that means? You're liable. Mazel tov. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if mazel tov is really the appropriate, uh, the, <laughs> the appropriate greeting over here, but okay, but we all understand. Responsibility, liability, that, that part's easy. Now, ain't mishamim kofer. Now, the muad animal goes ahead and kills somebody. Okay, Rachmanus. Now we know that when your animal, which is a muad, kills somebody, so now you are on the hook for kofer payment. So in kofer yushas alav, the Torah says that really, 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 right, you are now beyond irresponsible and you are basically responsible for the death of another person. But you didn't kill the person, it was your animal that killed. So here's one of those unusual circumstances in the Torah where what you get to do is you get to pay your way out. Meaning, to a certain degree, you're chayv misa, but the Torah says you could pay kofer. The kofer payment now is going to basically be a payment strategy, a payment exit strategy from from not receiving the death penalty. And what you're going to do now is you're going to assess the value of the person. You'll notice how ambiguous I, wa- I was by design in terms of which person you're paying, which person we're assessing, and you're going to be paying that value. And that's what's called the kofer payment. So the Gemara says that, that the apotropist who's responsible for an animal, which is a muad, and now it killed, so the apotropist doesn't pay kofer. So the Gemara immediately jumps on this topic, which is, oh, kofer, kofer is a kapara. Now, when you hear that, by the way, it's kind of like, isn't that, isn't, isn't that beyond intuitive? 
Meaning, let's think about what that payment is called. It's called kofar, right? So we're now saying that kofar is a kapara. Isn't it kind of baked into the cake, right? In other words, it's kofar. Isn't it by definition kapara? The Gemara for a moment is going to argue, maybe not, maybe not. So I'm Rav Chisra Rabbi Shema Benosha Rav Yochum and Broki Detanya. Now we did this before, which means I'm going to read quickly right now. V'nasam pitcher nafshon demei nizak Rabbi Shema Benosha Rav Yochum and Broka Omer demei mazik. Okay. All right, Alan, you loved this machlokus the last time we did it. You'll love it again. And that is, is that when you're paying the kofar payment, so now whose whose value are you paying? The person who who your animal killed, or you, the owner of the animal? And that's a machlokus tanayim. So uh, the uh, according to the Tanakama, the main nizak, or the person that was killed, which again on its simplest value, on its simplest level, makes perfect sense. In other words, wrongful death, you're paying now for the value of that person. Okay, we'll put him on the market. Well, we we can't put him on the market, but we as if he would have gotten on the market, assess the value, and that's how much you pay. That's according to the Tanakama. Meanwhile, according to Rabbi Shmuel, so you're going to be paying demei mazik. Okay, now, the Gemara is going to suggest, my law back in Mithlagi, Rabbanan Savikufra Mamonahu, Rabbi Shmuel Benosha Rav Yochum Membroka Savikufra Kapara. And the Machlokus is how to understand the nature of Kofir. According to the Tanakama, Kofir is just simply a monetary payment. Ah, in other words, you cause loss, you pay for that loss. That's why you're assessing the person who was killed. Meanwhile, according to Rabbi Shmuel, nah, Kofir is Kapara. In other words, what you did is so unjust, unjust. You need a kapara. And so the kapara is now you're going to have to be giving your value. Isn't that the machlokas? So the Gemara says, no, that's not it. Okay, good. So then the moment is over. Everyone's of the position that kofar is in fact a kapara. Everyone holds that when you're paying the kofar payment, that is provision of kapara. The Torah is giving you a vehicle in which you can now gain kapara. It's just now a question of how to assess. That's all. So in my time of the Rabbanan, Nemr Shisa Lamasa Lamata, Venemr Shisa Lamala, Malahalam Bidinizak, Afkan Bidinizak. Okay. And over here, so the machlokis between Rabbi Shmal versus the Tanakama is going to be a classic Drusha machlokis. Meaning, we'll start now with the with the Tanakama with the with the Chachamim. Kofar is paying the Nizak. Now, why? Why is it the Nizak? Because look in the Psukim in the Torah, right? This is now Perikhaf Aleph of Shmos Mishpatim, which is all your not all, but most of your Nezikamars are going to be coming from. And over there, right? I, I think there's like an eight pasuk discrepancy between one pasuk and the other. It said the word Shisa. I'll do I'll do the fast version. I'm not going to go through the Psukim inside. I encourage you. Right to pause right now and look at the Pesukim inside. But anyway, but it says Shisa, where one place it's clear it's talking about the injured party. So over here, the Shisa mentioned by Kofer is talking about the injured party. Good. And Rabbi Shmuel will tell you, before going to another Pesuk, look at the Pesuk in of itself. You're going to be giving a redemption of your soul. It really is the easiest way, right? If I remember correctly, Alan, you couldn't see it any other way. This is really the easiest way to see the Pasuk. And that is, is that the Pasuk is telling you, you're going to be paying a redemption for you, which means that the payer is going to assess 
his value, the mazik, and he's going to pay his value. So, Verabana, uh, now, the counter argument to that would be Verabana, and the Chachamim will say to Rabbi Shmuel, I agree with you in terms of the goal. The goal is to give yourself a pigeon. But in terms of how to assess that, we, I disagree. The Chachamim will tell you that. Go back to the two places in the Torah where it uses the word Shisa, and you'll see over there that's clearly talking about not the Mazik, but rather the Nizak. Okay. <coughs> Icon. So we just finished now another Brisa. This part over here was not that particularly complicated. In which, now, once again, we're talking about the liability of the apotropos, where the apotropos is entrusted to watch an animal of, let's say, the estate of minors. And now the animal does damage. If it does damage and the animal's a muad, the, the apotropos pays for full damages. Okay, that part's easy. I say easy, by the way, easy for everybody but the apotropos, meaning, right, he's now obviously on the hook. But again, he's responsible, therefore he's liable. Now, what about kofer? So he doesn't pay kofer. And why not? The answer is very simple. Because Kofer is providing a kapara. He doesn't own the animal. Granted, he's responsible for the animal. He doesn't own the animal. And who is the, who, who is the owner right now? A child. And a child is not eligible for kapara. And, al, and a child is not a b'nai onshin. And simply not eligible for kapara. It's really that simple. Okay. It, it got complicated because for a moment we thought that Kofer may not be a kapara payment. It may be a maman payment. But the gemara quickly and, and, and really sh- in, in short order, did an about face on that. Kofer is kapara. Good. Next. Mem Amad Aleph, about two-thirds of the way down. Right, You'll see the small little circle right at the beginning of the line. Mishabech. Mishabech le Rav le Rav Nachman de Rav Acher Bayakov Dadam Gadohu. Okay. Uh, Rav now is propping up this Rav Acher Bayakov. Rav is talking to Rav Nachman and propping up Rav Achav Yaakov. Rav Achav Yaakov is amazing. You're going to want to meet him. So Rav Nachman says, okay, good. Love to meet him. Next time he's around, bring him to me. So now Rav Achav is meeting Rav Nachman. And again, right, uh, you should, uh, right, I'm saying this as a general rule of life, lower the expectations. Don't, don't raise the expectations. Okay, happens to be that in this particular sequence, meaning we hear this kind of sequencing in the Gemara all the time. Bring him to me. Let me hear how great he is. And usually the Gemara ends off by saying, not, not as great as I thought. Happens to be in this variation, happens to be that the person delivered uh, as, as promoted. So Rav Nachman says now, Amalei, buy me name Milsa. Okay, I want you to ask me a question. So buy me name, so Rav Acha says to Rav Nachman, oh, okay, fine. You want to be challenged? I'll give you a challenge. And that is, Shor Shosh Shushut from Ketzim Hashem and Kofer. If I have a Shor that belongs to two partners. So now, uh, so I have a partnership Shor that killed. It was a moored animal that killed. So, is there going to be a Kofer payment? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that is called a good question. So now, Mishalom Hai Kofer, Vai Kofer, Kofer, Echelem, Rechman, Veloshan, Kofer. And, and, and what's, what's, what, what's the issue? Uh, the Gemara says, I'll spell out what the issue is. So on one hand, in other words, it's sure that Kofer is a Kapara, but what are we going to do? We're going to have each one of the partners pay Kofer in order so that each one of them achieve a Kapara. Yeah, but that now the, the injured party, the injured family really, because the injured party is dead. So the, injured, the, the, the family that's going to be receiving now is going to be receiving double Kapara, meaning double money. The Torah says Kofer Echad. And now what do you want to do? 
Okay, so let's take the part. Let's take let's take the partners and each one have uh, be a responsibility for have the kofer. So kofer, well, just one second. Kofer shalem amarachman velochati kofer. Yeah, but that's not that's not kofer. Kofer means that you're going to be paying a kapara, and a kapara is a very set and specific amount. Mm-hmm. You can't take a kapara and just simply divide into two. That's not that's not an option as well. So. Right, right away now. So Ravacha now is stumping Rav Nachman with, if I have an animal owned by partners and it's a mood and it kills, so now are we going? Each one going to pay a full kapara payment? Yeah, but that means the recipient now is receiving double kapara. And is each one going to be paying half kapara? Yeah, but that's not how kapara works. Okay, go ahead. My question was that could be could that be possibly as, as each person only pays one kofar, not more than that, so that they could two people could still pay. Yeah, but then, then the two are still paying. So the, the 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 one may not apply to the recipient, but but to the. Oh, okay, fine. In other words, right? We could. Oh, it could be meaning. Right. Uh, okay, good. In other words, those are those are the parts of the sides of the of this of this Adi Bay. Now, even before Rav Nachman got to sit down and think about this question, so now Rav Acha doesn't stop. Our mission Erchen, our mission Erchen tells us that look, if somebody is being delinquent in having in, in, in his payments, and and let's say he made a pledge to the base of Mikdash, and now is seriously delinquent. So what do we do? So we do is that we go over, do we knock on the door and say, okay, knew you're going to pay. Oh, you don't have money right now. Good. So we'll take a mashkon. So mimashkin oso says the mishanerchen, but that's in terms of pledges that he made. What about karbanos? For karbanos, there's no need to be mamashkin. Why? Because we are all going to be motivated on our own to provide a carbon. A kabra, <coughs> excuse me. Carbon provides for us a kapara. And so we, we are already incentivized. We don't need external incentive for us to bring a carbon. So good. So that's the Mishnah and Erechen. Very simple. So now, Chayve Kofrin Mai. So somebody is required to bring a, uh, to pay a kapara payment. Are we going to be mamashkin? Are we going to enforce? Are we going to force collateral against them? So came the kapara ukechatos v'asham dame and 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 mechmer chami elave v'lo by mamashkone. On one hand, isn't it no different than a regular carbon? Carbon provides kapara. Kofer also provides kapara, and we he doesn't need external incentive. On the other hand, odoma came into lechaver who debai miyasve lei v'lo ligavohu mamona v'lo chamer lei ubai mamashkone. Alternatively, here's what you can argue. A carbon that goes on to the Mizbeach. So, in other words, it's so easy for me to see that as a kapara. Over here, the kofar payment, I'm giving the money to another person. So, even though it's a kapara, but someone's basically, someone's taking my money. Uh, again, that's not the right way to look at it. The correct way to look at it is that by me giving the family money, I'm going to receive a kapara. But again, it's going to be harder for me to see it that way because I'm giving somebody money. Another just justification that people will make regarding the kofar payment. Look, if I did something wrong, I get it. I need a kapara. But over here, I didn't do anything wrong. Meaning my animal's crazy. My animal killed. Now granted, by the way, my animal has killed multiple times in the past. And it's got a record. And I was responsible to watch it. But again, we're, t- we're now in the world of rationalization. The rationalization over here is, wasn't me. Was my animal okay? So in other words, and and now I have to pay this kofar payment. It's so annoying. Okay, so 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 maybe you do have to be a mamashkin. 
you have to slow down. Slow down. I'm still working on your first question. Right? You wanted to know about partners and whether or not they have to pay the call for payment. Okay, that was your first question. I didn't even get to answer the first question. And now, and now you're going to pile on a, a, another question about, about mashkon and incentive, incentivizing and whether or not it's required over here. I'm still stuck on your first question. Right? Istagir bekamaisa. I was closed by the first question. I mean, I'm not ready. I'm not even ready for your second question. Okay, good. Okay, so the Gemara just, in other words, by in a in a somewhat animated way, the Gemara just entertained two questions in the uh, whether or not number one, uh, partners of an animal that kills uh, that kills a person, are they going to are they going to be paying kofar? Gemara left that question unresolved. Rav Nachman didn't know the answer. And question number two is whether or not we're mama we're mamashkain on a kofar payment. That too, the Gemara leaves unresolved as well. Okay, Tana Rabbanan. Okay, part and parcel of the discussion, right? Correct. In other words, right? How, how to view the right? How how to, how to view the shares of a partner? Okay, good. Okay, uh, we are done with the first half of today's daf. I told you parts of it were complicated, parts of it were not complicated. But okay, now we're up to the second half of today's daf, right? I know we haven't turned the page yet, but you're right. You can put a bookmark over here. We're not going to stop. We're going to go on. Uh, but put a bookmark over here. Now we get to a. Uh, a, a really interesting topic for a second uh, second half of today's daf. Let's just go right into the brisa. Tana Rabbanan. Shalu becheskas tam v'nimsa muad. Okay, bal mesham chatzinezik v'shol mesham chatzinezik. Okay, you borrow an animal. Okay, you go to your neighbor. Hey, what's going on? Love to borrow an animal from you. Sure, no problem at all. Okay, you heard that by the way. I the pun was there. I it wasn't even it wasn't even intended. Okay, yep, no problem at all. Uh, fine. And now there wasn't enough communication between lender and borrower. Okay, the uh, as far as the borrower was concerned, what he thought he was borrowing was a tom animal. That's what he thought he was borrowing. Turns out the animal was a muad. Okay, now the borrower, we all know this. The borrower has got how much responsibility? Maximum, maximum responsibility. As opposed to a shomer chinam, I'm doing you a favor. I'm watching your item and I'm not getting paid. But over here, the Shoal, the Shoal, you're doing me a favor. I'm borrowing. I'm getting benefit. Maximum liability, maximum responsibility, which of course then now means maximum liability. However, there wasn't proper communication between lender and borrower. Lender lent the animal, didn't go over the history of the animal. And now when the borrower borrowed it, so he thought the animal was a Tom and turns out the animal was a Moad and the animal damages. Okay. So now what's the din? This is exciting. So the the Brisa says yeah. that <coughs> the owner pays half the damages and the borrower pays the other half of the damages. Okay, we will be spending the most of the remainder of today's daf going over that sock of the Brisa. So hold, hold that thought. We're coming back in just a moment. Now who would be they show well? Now, if let's say while the borrower has borrowed the animal. The animal is becomes a muad. Okay, the borrower is not doing such a great job watching that animal, and the animal damages, and and nachamol, and nachamol. So now, at this point in time, you know already. So the uh, so the ve'achzir labalim mebalim hasham chatzinezik v'shol patamiklam. So now, the owner is going to be paying chatzinezik. The shol is going to be exempt. Okay, the second half of the brisa also needs explanation. We're going to come back to that as well. 
But right now, for the, for 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 a good part of today's daf, second half of today's daf, we're going to be wrapping our head around the first psak. Okay, let's go. Let's go over the case again. Case is really simple. Bar or bar in an animal, thinking it was a tom, owner did not give enough information. Turns out that the animal was a muad. Turns out now that the animal damaged. So now, what is going to be the liability split between lender and borrower? Lender pays half. Borrower pays half. Now, now the Gemara says, let's talk about this. Amramar. So now, can the borrower not say to the lender, goodness gracious, right? In other words, why don't you tell me the animal was a muad? In other, right, right the, the language over here is really colorful. In other words, Basically, what did I borrow? I, I didn't borrow. I didn't borrow a lion. All right, I, I borrowed. <laughs> I borrowed just a regular, what I thought to be domicile animal. And meanwhile, the animal's crazy, and you didn't let me know that. So, e le Reb Yehuda. I'm sorry. Not, not yet. Not yet. I'm sorry. I'm a Rav. boshu nakhan. So the Gemara says, okay. So. In of itself, the Gemara says that may serve as a good argument, but over here the animal has a history. Now, this is an interesting point to the Gemara over here. When we say a history, again, what what what, what was the from the show standpoint? What did the show will think? The animal was a tom, but but what the Gemara now is explaining is yes, it was a tom, but it had some history. In other words, it didn't have a it didn't have a rap sheet. Right, but in other words, but it did do some nigicha in the past. So, in other words, the shoal should know now that at least basic shmir is required. Okay. So the uh, So the gemara says, okay, but why can't the shoal make the following argument, which is tam Okay, but again, we didn't communicate. You didn't tell me. In other words, why can't I just argue that I, I, what I what I what I looked at was a tam, not a muad. So in other words, and so the, so so I didn't I didn't accept upon myself the shmira of a muad because I thought it was a tam and you didn't tell me otherwise. So mishum damale so sofi tam hava paganiska by shlumi hashdanami zoshlim paganiska. So to which the lender now will say to the borrower, okay, so I didn't provide you enough information, but even with the information you 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 thought it puts you on the hook for half, right? So venamale. So why can't the show say back to the mashil, the borrower say back to the lender, wait, 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 wait. In other words, okay, you're right. There is a half payment requirement, but where's that payment coming from? Again, it's, and, and from the show standpoint, from his perspective, he thought he was borrowing a tom, the payment is coming from the animal. And so therefore, the show could say back to the mashil, okay, I understand, I get it, but the payment is coming from the animal. So Misham Damale, so so I love Torah by Shlomelididi. So to which the lender says back to the borrower, you have to slow down. Meaning, you're right, the payment comes from the animal. Okay, but that doesn't absolve you from your liability. Meaning, you're right, the source of a payment, meaning you think the animal's a tom. And the Chatzinezic liability is coming from the animal. That part's true. But again, let me remind you, you borrowed an animal from me. Which means that even within your thought process that it's a tom, and there's a, and there's a Chatzinezic liability, Ultimately, when all said and done, you have to pay that back to me. Granted, the payment is coming from the animal. Who cares where the payment is coming from? 
that chazi nezek liability is something that you owe me ultimately. Now we turn to the top of the Amr Beis. So, so why can't the Shul say back to the Masha, look, I thought it was a Tom. Here's what would have happened if I was right. Animal would have done damage. Now Tom damages, what's that called? Chatsi Nezek. And what is Chatsi Nezek? Remember, we discussed this and deb- debated this earlier in the Masechta. And, right, going back to Tezvav, here in our Masechta, 15 in Babakama, whether or not it's Nezek Shal- I'm sorry, Chatsi Nezek is Mamun or, or, or Kanas. And right now we're assuming it's a Kanas. And what do I know? Modibik Kanas Pater. So now can't the Shol say back to the Mashal? I thought it was a Tom. There's a Chatsi Nezek payment. I would have just admitted it and been Pater through the, through the, through the principle of Modibik Kanas Pater. And even if you subscribe to Chatsi Nezek being Mamon, so the Shol could say to the Mashal, okay, you know what? So let's even say it's mamon. But what I would have done is I would have taken the animal and I would have hidden the animal. In other words, I would have just, uh, I would have just made the animal disappear. And 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 now what? And now and now and now there wouldn't be there wouldn't be any liability. Okay. At this point in time, I hope you're wondering and, and thinking to yourself that, that that's a legal argument. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I mean, up until now we've been giving very precise legal arguments, and now. What's, what's the, uh, let me hear that again. What's the show thing to the Mashal? And anyway, if I if I owe money instead of instead of kanas, and I can't get out of it, eh, I would have made the animal disappear. That, that's that's not that's not a legal argument. That's an illegal. That's an illegal argument. You 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 can't do that, right? You're, the animal did damage. You're you're borrowing the animal. You're you're responsible. Therefore, you're liable. And you could just simply make the animal disappear. Well, like, what what is well, what is going on over here? Okay, so 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 toast is over here. Third toast is on the Amud. Sorry, second toast is on the Amud. My taina hizu. What kind of taina is that? So imkain haya osesh lokidin. Okay, toast discusses, deliberates. Toast suggests at the end. What an unbelievable toast was. He writes at the end. You know, near Ali, the last four lines of the toast She wrote the and he talked to him. Elishaisi. Okay, I'm not a good negotiator, but I know a couple of good negotiators in my life. And so, in other words, to be a good, a good negotiator, so what do you have to do? You have to be difficult. You just have to be difficult. And so over here, Tosa says, you know what the, you know what the, the borrower's argument is? Is that, look, I, I, know, I, I know I'm on the hook for Chatzinezek, but I'm not going to negotiate with him. In other words, Chatzinezek, eh, you know what? Let's not pay Chatzinezek. Let's pay less than Chatzinezek. We'll have a pshara. We'll come, we'll come up to some sort of compromise. <coughs> and, and, and how are we going to do so? Because I'm going to be difficult. In other words, I, what I would have done is I would have said, oh, the, oh I owe you Chatzinezek. Where is it coming from? The animal? Oh, let me find the animal right now. I don't exactly know where the animal is. Okay, so in other words, and what Tostas is suggesting is that the argument of the borrower is, is that I know I'm on the hook for Chatzinezek, but... If you'll allow me, I can negotiate and I'll knock it down. It's already at half. I'm, I'll knock it down even further. Okay. Really interesting suggestion. So, Ella, back to the Gemara. So, the Gemara says what, what, we're, what we're describing over here is the following. And that is, is that Shoah borrowed it. Animal did damage. And now, Basin got his hands on the animal. Has already taken the animal. And at this point in time now, right, the, the Shoah is stuck. 
So now the Gemara says, oh, Basin already took the animal. So I, so, so now can't the lender say to the borrower, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're making my life miserable right now. Meaning I lent you my animal. You allow the animal now to do damage. Even though you thought the animal was a Tom, who cares? You're at least on the hook for at least Chatzinezek. And now you want me to pay the other Chatzinezek? I can't even get my hands back on the animal. Basin already took my animal. Like, in other words, I'm, I'm not paying anything, right? It, can't the lender say to the borrower, like, forget it, I'm not paying anything. And, and you don't even have my animal anymore. Now Basin has it. Yeah, but the, the borrower will say back to the lender, I know right now it's by the Basin. Okay, but let's say you're, you're able, we're able to release it from Basin. Ultimately, I'm paying Chatzinezek and you're paying the other Chatzinezek. Again, I thought it was a time when I borrowed it, so I'm on the hook for Chatzinezek. Fine. But the second half, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. The animal was a Muad. You didn't disclose that information. You're going to be paying the second half. What's your tiny to me? Right now, the, the, the animal's in Basin? Okay. And, and if Basin releases it, you'll be on the hook for the second half. That shouldn't change anything. So the name, So why can't the owner say to the borrower, okay, but in other words, I'll be a tough negotiator, right? In other words, if, if I had my hands on the animal, so then what I would do is I would take the animal and hide the animal. So to which, so the borrower will say back to the owner, that's not going to help you. Remember the animal's a muad, right? You know, that, that, that little detail that you never told me, <laughs> the animal's a muad. And, and so you hide the animal. Congratulations. Amur is Mishalim Me Aliyah. You, the, the, the animal is nothing more than just security for the obligation. That's a you obligation. You're going to have to pay it. Okay. So the Gemara says, okay, but that, that's good if the owner has money, but if the owner doesn't have money. Yeah, but the bar could say to the owner, even if you don't have money, right? it's your obligation. So, um, the um so mid the rabbi nasan the tanya rabbi nasan omer min ayin lanosha bechaver manachaver bechaver min ayin shemotzim zevin nosan lazer tamalomer minasan lasher shamlo she booted the rabbi nasan she booted the rabbi nasan tells me that the uh, a o is b and b o c so now c can go directly to a c can skip over b so over here right now there's an izak somebody was damaged and now right in other words you owe me and I'm going to owe him so he can go directly to you okay so another. In other words, we have successfully defended the, the, the first psak of the brisa. The, the, in other words, again, the borrow barred an animal. The animal was a muad. The owner didn't disclose that information. The animal did damage. So what's the halacha? The halacha is really clear. Meaning, right, the back and forth was complicated, but the halacha is very clear. Uh, borrower is going to be pay, paying half. Owner is going to be paying the second half. Good, period. And what we just went through in the Gemara, right, a good amount of Gemara, is basically a series of arguments, legal and partial, and partially legal arguments that one can give to one another. Why, why I shouldn't have to pay half? But the Gemara says, "Oh, when all said and done, none of these arguments are going to are, are, are going to stand uh, a, a, a scrutiny. Uh, the the borrower is going to pay half. The owner is going to pay the other half. Good. We're up to the second half of the brisa. Let's finish up today with the second half of the brisa." Safer, Rishos, Mishana, Rishos, 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 Rishos,
So the Gemara says, now wait one second. How do you understand the second half of the Brisa? The answer is very simple. It's a reset. When the shoal gives back the animal to the owner, so that is Shinui Rishus. I know, I know you can argue that point, but right now I'm just saying it. And Shinui Rishus presents what? Creates what? A reset. So the Gemara says, but wait one second. In the first half of the Brisa, it wasn't reset. So you mean to tell me that Sefer Rishus Mishan, Rishus Rishus and Mishana? And that's how you're going to learn the Brice, the second half. Shina Rishos is resetting. And the first half, Shina Rishos is not resetting. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan Tavra. Misha Shanazu, Lo Shanazu. Rabbi Yochanan says, yeah, yeah, that's how you're going to learn it. So Rabbi Amar Midrasha, Rishos and Mishana, Sefer Nami, Rishos and Mishana, Vesef Ainu Taima, Misham de Amar Lei, Lav Kol Kaminach, Nimiata Lei Leturai. Okay. So uh, it could be that really Shina, uh, that Rishos is in a Mishana. Changing Rishos is not going to create a reset. Ah. So then, how do you understand the second half of the Brisa? It goes like this. The owner is going to say to the borrower, look, you, you, you borrowed my animal. You're right. You could use my animal. You do not have the right to turn my animal from a tam to a muad. It's lav kol kaminach. It's just simply not within your power to do that. Right? In other words, I am going to ultimately be responsible and liable for my animal. But you can't create a new status for my animal. Interesting argument. The Gemara says that's one way to learn the Brisa. Rapapa Amar Mid to say for Rishos Mishanet Rishanami Rishos Mishanet Rishah Haino Taima Mishum Dechomakom Shalach Shem Bala Velav. So and 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 Rapapa will tell you no that really Rishos is Mishanet both in the Rishah and the Sefer. So and in, in the Sefer Rishos Mishanet. So that means that when the Shal borrowed it, so now what happens is that it gore three times in the in the Rishos of the Shalel. But when the Shal returns it back to the owner, reset. I what about the Rishah? No. In the case of the Reisha, when the animal was a Mu'ad and handed over to the Shawel, that's not called Shinui Rishus. Because when you borrow an item, whose item is it? Not yours. Meaning, it's the original owner's item. So in other words, whatever it is, meaning, oh, right, a nice lawnmower. Wh- whose is it? I borrowed it. It's not mine. Same thing with an animal. A nice animal. Whose is it? I borrowed it. It's not mine. So over there, when something is borrowed, it's not yours. It's still shame owners, and that's why there in the Reisha, we're going to say that that, that a that a that's not a shinui harishas. Okay, perfect. Okay, tomorrow we start with Shore Eitzdad and Stadium Shore bullfighting. Uh, well, that's where we're going to begin our daf tomorrow. We learned a while ago that the only way a muad can change into a town is by for three days in a row, whatever it doesn't go So how can a the change of ownership changes. The ox. The ox right? Says the change of self. <laughs> <laughs> the ox ownership changes. <laughs>